probably just smacked the mic with my boob. Ooh, titty. <laughs> it's going to be a good episode. It's been touched by a titty. Been touched by a titty. <laughs> touched by yeah. a titty. That should be a song. It should be our... A poem. A poem. Touched by a titty. By Top Shelf Shenanigans. And then I can read it all, like, slam poetry-wise. Yeah, I can't write poetry, though, so either you're going to have to do that or we're going to have to find somebody to ghostwrite for us. I can do it. Okay. Here we are. This is Top Shelf Shenanigans, your favorite podcast that you didn't know you needed until you started listening. It is filled with madness, chaos, insanity, and a little bit of love between two best friends, both real life and fictional. We are here today to discuss... The worst episode of Winona Earp possible ever and how it I don't even know the word for what it did to the friendship of Nicole Ha and Winona Earp, though it didn't affect it in canon. Right. No. But to people who have loved watching their friendship grow and blossom and have really respected the journey they've taken and the authenticity of their friendship and how it reflects our own friendships, like you and I, per perhaps, we're really offended by the ending of 4-8. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right in. To the ending of 4-8, because no one wants to actually discuss 4-8. Because the episode of 4-8 is a terrible out-of-character episode. It was literally so unnecessary. So, yeah. We're just going to jump into the last scene. If you guys need a little reminder, it was the Halloween episode. Nicole wasn't present because she was in the big city dress shopping with Rachel. Waverly and Winona spent the day together, though their brains were wiped because they went into the fog. And they slowly, they go on a stupid adventure, slowly kind of rediscovering who they are until Jeremy injects them with the memory regaining serum or whatever he made. And then they remember who they are. They very non-climatically finish off Rotten Jack, win the day. And Winona and Waverly are sitting outside the homestead um, in front of a fire roasting marshmallows and having some sister time, having a little heart to heart. Right? That's about where we're at. Yeah. Okay. They're talking and Waverly calls Nicole her person and Winona says she's a good one because she is. And I think, like, I understand what they're trying to do with Winona here as far as she's realizing the one person she's always been able to count on and rely on regardless of how bad she's fucked up in her life. Her sister is now kind of moving, not really moving on, but moving away because she's getting married and she's growing up. And it's absolutely normal to feel like it won't be the same after that. So I get that. But she also knows not only will Waverly not disappear from her life, but Nicole will not disappear from her life. So I don't understand why she's acting this way. I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird for me to see why Nona so, I don't know, almost hopeless. And she's starting to reevaluate her own self-worth based on the fact that she doesn't have a stable, loving relationship that's romantic. Waverly saying Nicole is her person and Winona being like, well, yeah, she's a good one. Almost kind of gives me the feeling that she's relenting and letting Nicole go to Waverly. Like, Nicole couldn't be her person, too, which is bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. This whole scene is really strange the lines that were written for each character the way each character is acting it's just fucking weird yeah okay it's it's like uncomfortable and as someone who like I very much relate to Winona like a lot Mm -hmm. and even when you are in that place where you're with someone that you're really comfortable with and like in a safe space so you're okay with like showing emotion and maybe she is like oh man like I I wish I had a relationship like Nicole and Waverly and maybe it is really bothering her when you open up to somebody that you trust that much and everything they're not the type of person that's gonna fucking ignore it you know what I'm saying like for yeah. for someone like Winona to very who rarely shows emotion in that sort of way and then later especially later on when Nicole comes in and then Waverly and Nicole are both ignoring her it's that would never happen that would be like if you and I if I just randomly started like fucking crying in front of you over something and then you just <laughs> like, like went off with your wife like if that happened you'd be like holy shit something's wrong yeah I mean I can count off of the top of my head, she cried 
during like the pregnancy I'm all in deal, um, which was like a tear or two. She cried when Alice was born. These are all acceptable things to cry about. Oh, absolutely. She's crying at the fire because, you know, I, I she does have valid kind of fears like when your sibling is your best friend and they're getting married you do feel like you might be replaced yeah or like left behind in some sort of way absolutely I'm super close with my brother and when he got married I was like like he was my best friend we did everything together we grew up together like I practically raised him and I had those same kind of feelings like it's going to change because I'm not going to be the most important person in your life anymore. And nor should I be. Obviously, you are marrying somebody. They should be your priority. It's valid fear. So I understand kind of the validity in her feelings there. And I'm not trying to say they're invalid or weird that way. But the fact that she, A, feels like she's going to completely lose Waverly and Nicole. B, she's crying over the fact that she's not validated through a romantic relationship of her own. And then C, the way Waverly and Nicole completely dismiss each other once they're like in each other's arms. Yeah, I don't know. The whole the scene is fucking weird and I really hated how after this episode aired that was a scene that everybody was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and it was just because like nicole was in her stats and again and that's what people wanted to see and i'm like you're literally just shitting on your main character right so you brought it up nicole interrupts Mm -hmm. and she's wearing her full-on original outfit the khakis the police long sleeve shirt thingy and the stetson and I will give it, I will give this to her. She could not hear what they were talking about. So there's no way she like could have walked up and immediately understood that she was interrupting an important conversation per se. But that being said, she should have immediately pinged on the fact that Wynonna was crying. Uh, Yeah, she looks at her face. Right. And she at more than anybody in this show is in tune with Wynonna and understands the way she expresses herself, the way she's feeling. Even when she shut down and closed off, Nicole always can tap into what she's feeling and say the right things to help her. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that she doesn't is so infuriating. Yeah, it was like that. And then, I mean, we, of course, have seen the other episodes now. Right. And it is never really brought up again. Like, they never deal with that. Never. Like, you realize that. Like, it was never dealt with, which was basically all of 4B. It was just a bunch of shit that never got. It was fan service. And if you can't see that, then you're not watching the right show or the same show. You're not watching the show for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. In in my and opinion, I get, I, I get that a lot of there are certain reasons why people are watching this show. And if it wasn't even for certain relationships on the show, I don't think some people would be watching it. I agree. And I that might be a, a hot take, but I think it's an accurate take. And those people could argue with me all day, but I yeah. still think I'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you can't have completely enjoyed the little the whole show yeah just because you started watching for that reason or something like that I'm not saying that either I'm just saying like if right that wasn't your first draw to the show you probably wouldn't be here right the thing is is there are people who can completely enjoy this scene for the whole Nicole Winona or the whole Nicole Waverly um kind of fan service and the whole sexy cop thing and also acknowledge that the dialogue and the characterization wasn't great mm-hmm. and that's fine I'm not saying don't enjoy the fan service but if you can't admit that this scene narratively and out of for character characterization is complete shit then you're not watching the show for the right reasons and you don't you're not grasping the show for what it actually is and i think maybe that's what pissed me off most is there is a huge chunk of people that watched this episode and loved that scene and thought it was amazing and thought it was like and they were only focusing on the fact that nicole and waverly had sexy times in a cop outfit and i'm like i'm sorry they don't understand that waverly actually has huge daddy issues and she gets comfort from Nicole. In her ward cosplay. Yes, in her ward co- cosplay. Because she's getting love and affection from somebody who is wearing basically what her dad wore for her entire childhood. She is seeking comfort 
and love in a place she never got it before. You know what? Us figuring that out, literally, like, that was a live thing that happened on recording. We had never talked about that before. Yeah. Was mind-blowing to me because now I think about it all the time and it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And they are praising her childhood trauma. No, she needs help. She needs therapy and they need to burn that Stetson. <laughs> okay, we're getting that's on. The, that's okay. the end of her therapy. I they know. burn the Stetson and the khakis together and they're like, now we can move on. Yeah, right. I'm free of my daddy issues. No, you're never free of your daddy issues. Just handle them. Okay. <laughs> But I'm getting, okay, we're getting off track. I'm trying to push through this terrible episode. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. So Nicole approaches, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. She does not hear what they are saying, but she should have immediately noticed, especially because she asks if she can borrow Waverly for a minute, and there is clearly a tear on Winona's cheek. And so when Winona jokes, just a minute, woman, you'd better make her happy for the rest of her damn life. Nicole looks right at Winona, looks her dead in the eyes and says, I will. When does she, how does she not notice her best friend is crying in that moment? Do you think that maybe the Stetson blocks her view? Cause it's like so big. Like she can't actually see Winona's face cause the brim of the hat is in the way. I don't know. I feel like we can just blame it on the Stetson. Yeah. Fuck the Stetson. It ruined everything. But at this point, you know Nicole Hart that we have no- grown to know and love would acknowledge and talk to Winona about her feelings. I'm sorry, but you can have sex anytime. Well, they all, they just did a really like a disservice to her character because they basically made her a shitty person in the moment. Right. Like and her- that's that's never happened. Like Nicole's never been like that. And same with Waverly. They made her they made them seem like it made it seem like Waverly didn't care about her sister and Nicole didn't care about her best friend like at all. It made them out to be, like, the literally, like, the worst kind of people. Right. The kind of people that put everything in the world aside when they're near the person that they love. Like... Yeah, like, nothing else matters because that person I want to spend they they're the person that ditches their friends for their boyfriend in high school right. they made sex nobody likes a priority. That they made sex the number one be all end all priority in this situation and that is a terrible message to send yeah like it's I'm sorry but like in that moment like everybody talks about good representation on tv right mm-hmm. And having these two characters, fantastic representation. But I don't want to be represented by people that do that, Mm-mm. that leave somebody like that. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was poor representation and nobody should want to be represented by that. No, and I hear all the time people think that when lesbians get together in TV, they're over-sexualized because that's the only way to keep the male population watching the show, so to speak. And I've heard people complain about it. Like, that's, you know, gross and that's not a true representation and that just over-sexualizes women even more, especially queer women and this and that. But I'm just like, that's literally what this scene is. And if you can't see that, again, you're watching for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and I, it just oh god literally almost stopped watching the show after this this whole this whole episode was just like rough and this scene was the worst of it first of all they offended me just by ruining halloween um <laughs> and then this scene was just like why why are you putting your main character on the back burner Right. And because it, you... I'm sorry, but that's all of 4B. It is. Why no, it, all the show 4B. is not Winona. Winona has like no story in 4B. Hardly at all. It is Except a, for she's a mess. Yeah, that's it. Which no one ever talks about. And really, she's not a mess. She's doing what needs to be done. It's a, we're going to mention Waverly having powers, but she's not going to learn how to use them. Way hot. And then shitty Doc Redemption story. That's 4B. Even though the show's called Winona Herb, we get no Winona. No. It no. was so disappointing because it just, it sucked. Yeah. As someone who's, that's my favorite character and I watch mainly for her, mm-hmm. it sucked. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on, but I just want to write, or I just want to read what I wrote about, I mean, obviously, Winona is important. She's the cornerstone of this. And yes, they totally ruined her, their main character, abused her, put her on the back burner, all of the stuff you said. But I also thought it was important to talk about Nicole 
in this situation. Yes, give it to me. That's why I because <laughs> I know that you have stuff for her. Yeah, I'm just a little. I mean, I love Winona, obviously, but mm-hmm. like I'm just a little more attached to Nicole. But so in regards to her not saying anything, not acknowledging her best friend crying and scampering off to have sex instead of talking about emotions, <laughs> I wrote, "Not my Nicole Hot, not the <laughs> Nicole Hot who became the most influential person in Winona's life, not Nicole Hot who can tell what Winona is feeling and coax it from her before she's even realizing she's feeling it, not Nicole Hot who sacrificed herself many times to save Winona Waverly because that's how much she loves." them not nicole hot period i'd be offended if i were me even after they stand and they're looking down at winona nicole is looking right at her and says nothing even though winona is obviously hurting basically my my to summarize not nicole hot not my nicole hot i agree yeah so that's the end of that shitty situation <laughs> moving on to four nine it's called crazy and i totally forgot that um <laughs> it starts with why not boxing each other which is a blessing. I put, this scene is important because Winona has taken a page from Nicole's book, basically. She's lured her into something that she needs to face by making it appealing in a different way. You get to punch me in the face. It's training. She kind of took things that why, uh, that Nicole might actually be interested in, getting to punch Winona, and used it. Probably um, just, like, the competitiveness as well. Right. Like, come on, show me what you got. I bet I can kick your ass. Right. She probably shit-talked her so much. <laughs> and then... I mean, Nicole does kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> and once they're there, she kind of let... Nicole blow off steam which I'm sure she needed and she but she does it in a healthy way this is the Winona Earp that has grown and learned and matured that was left behind in the last episode Mm -hmm. and that is left behind in the rest of the season essentially yep nobody really kind of seems to notice that Nicole needed maybe even this just kind of release plus it shows a lot of trust like Winona trusts Nicole's not gonna hurt her even if she is frustrated and stuff. And Nicole trusts Winona had her best interest in mind, which she does. And it's also kind of symbolic between the two of how we've always said they never pull punches from each other. Their whole friendship is based off them being brutally honest with each other. Also, <laughs> when Winona's talking to Waverly and she's like, I got Hunt for Red Hot-tober out of the house. <laughs> I never <laughs> know. That was a good line. It was. So then Waverly comes in and you kind of see the plan unfold and Winona slowly kind of backs away trying to convince Nicole to go to the cop shop, which is just around the corner. Nicole pauses. She kind of starts to go forward to kind of lunge and punch again, but she pauses for a second and in that, like on her face, she kind of gets a look that she might be considering it because it's coming from Winona who usually kind of just leaves her alone to deal with her own shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you like, know, like, my one take on this scene? Yeah. I honestly think Waverly is too pushy. If she hadn't shown up and it had just been, like, Winona talking to Nicole, that Nicole would have been more likely to, like, stay or go over there. I 100% agree, I think. Because (sighs) Waverly just comes in and she's just, like, immediately, like, blowing the plan almost because she just can't, she can't keep a, like, chill kind of little suggestions. It's, like, full forced, so pushy. Yeah, I feel like if they had kind of worn each other out boxing and were sitting there having a drink or whatever, Winona could have found a completely more subtle way to be like, Mm -hmm. so hey, you know... I know you've been through a lot. This would have been a perfect opportunity for Nicole and Winona to have a conversation about Nicole's trauma, her PTSD, and Winona encouraging her to get back out there. It could have been completely healing. Yeah, it would have been so much better. Like even as, you know, Nicole is being defensive and pushing back and saying, no, I don't want to do this. Winona cuts in with a line that's like, well, didn't you say that everything good you have is because you came back to the Ghost River Triangle? Mm-hmm. Like, damn, Winona pays attention to her best friend. And didn't I feel you like tell that- vampires to eat a dick. <laughs> yeah, I should have said suck a dick. <laughs> but like, I feel like if Waverly wasn't there pushing and they were having their own little conversation and Nicole was still kind of eh, like, I don't know why Nona could have slid that line out there and it would have had way much more impact than it mm-hmm. did. And then Nicole storms out. And she directs her anger at Winona, 
even you know even shoving her shoving by her like physically um because she knows that Winona won't get hurt by it and she or take it personally you know yeah. because they're each other's person and sometimes you need that person in your life that you know even if you blow your lid completely they're not they're gonna take it more of like okay wow something's really wrong do you want to work it out instead of like oh my god why did you do that that was so uncalled for what yeah. is even wrong with you yeah like Winona isn't dramatic and sensitive yeah, she gets it. She understands her best friend. So so moving right along, the <sighs> trivia night, all that. They're trying to figure out who's killing people. I hate how dumb they treat Winona. I literally wrote that. I My notes say, why does everyone think Winona is dumb? Right. And they keep it calling makes her no basically, sense. They basically keep calling her a dumb mess that doesn't know what she's doing. A dumb, drunk mess that doesn't yeah. know what she's doing. Which is like, okay, she's drunk sometimes, but like... None of those other things are really true. Right. This is chicken. We learn about chicken kicker from Rachel. I really do like Rachel and Nicole scenes together. Uh, yeah, I do too. I like Rachel's character a lot. So do I. A lot. I wish we could have gotten more of her. I hate that they push the whole her caring about Doc thing. Ew. Because I don't buy it. Well, the other thing is like, I don't think she did anything that she needed to apologize for. No, no, she didn't. And that's basically what Doc tells her. Yeah, like, which I did I did like that they didn't have him be all like butthurt about it. But like, I don't know. I feel like she would have understood too. like, oh, I don't need to really feel badly about this. Right. But they also make him be so great, like seem so gracious and forgiving by having him been like, I understand that deal saved me too. I would have done the same thing sort of thing instead of having him be mean. But they do it in like, he's the savior and he's like his forgiveness is the most important thing or something and it's so fucking annoying yeah where it was almost like he um like he's the hero of 4b right so it's so obnoxious and annoying because most and here's the thing there's a way where they could have written a redemption arc for him that would have been fine but the way that they did it was terrible and they made him be so manipulative and shitty towards Winona that it's just like I I don't know how anyone likes them together by the end of 4b at all have you never dated somebody like toxic and manipulative like that or like Like, they can do no wrong and yeah and and you're the mess and you're the one that needs to like verbalize feelings or they're gonna leave you yeah even though like they've never verbalized to you they barely even show you that they care about you because they're mean to you right it's like that is not good no it's toxic absolutely and then so toxic it's unbelievably toxic they fan that out from winona to everybody in the show and make Mm -hmm. him some sort of like hero hero guy that everybody has to bow down to and beg forgiveness beg acceptance get his wise advice um cheerlead him on root for him all that shit ruin the show Mm -hmm. you can write a redemption arc and the person does not have to end up being the hero. Yeah, exactly. Moving right along. Um, this episode's actually really funny. It's um, all right. The, the whole brain guy, he's such an idiot. I like that actor. He's funny. I like Jenny. Yeah, and I liked her, but like I didn't like how they, again, treated Winona. No, it's horrible. <clears throat> Waverly gets something on her shirt, and so she's um, cleaning it respectfully. Okay, always respectfully. And Weha actually talks about their feelings. And so, which I liked because we never see that. But one line stood out to me now that I've rewatched it, having watched the end of the series. And it says, uh, Waverly goes, I don't want you to blunt your ambitions. Talking about, you know, Nicole wanting to be, wanting her to get back to being a cop because she loves it. And I was like, oh, but giving up everything to stay in the Ghost River Triangle forever is okay. Oh, no. The shield is just all blunt ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bluntest of objects, honestly. It is. It's like Captain America's shield where there's no sharp edges. <laughs> it's just a circle. The most useless. Oh, She's not a useless shield, but definitely got blunted. I'm sorry. Let's not. So moving along, Chicken Kicker gets exposed. And it's not that bad. I think we kind of all agree it's not that embarrassing. 
But the fact that she is willing to let it out, to show everyone, to feel that embarrassing again, embarrassment again, including her family, because the bar except for Winona is in it, in order to save Winona. She does this. She goes through that embarrassment again in order to save Winona. That's love. That is yeah. that unconditional love that she feels for her family, for her best friend. And she besides Winona, is the only person to sacrifice stuff on a consistent basis to save people. Yep. Plus, it's kind of totally fitting that something, the most embarrassing moment of Nicole's life is the moment that saves Winona's life in the end. And you know Winona will tease her about that till the day she dies. I am so upset that we didn't get to see her reaction. (laughs) No, it was in my notes that I'm very bitter about that. Yeah, I love it. But I thought it was pretty fitting that the reason why Nona was able to be saved, which honestly, Doc was too late anyway to save her. But mm-hmm. the whole concept was to be able to save Winona was the most embarrassing moment of Nicole's life. Like, <laughs> so fitting. And um, it gave us the stressed Nicole emoji. Which is honestly my mood. Yes, always. Of the time. <laughs> that stressed Nicole picture, cap emoji mm-hmm. everything we use it for is the little literal visual representation of 2020 it really is <laughs> honestly we need to get a shirt with it on uh, there that just says mood okay so i wrote don't buy her and doc i hate that it's so i love her speech that she gives about owning her right to be sure of reclaiming that position because it is She's right. She has earned it more than anybody. She sacrificed more than anybody. And for her, it is a huge part of her identity. So the fact that she she's the one to reclaim it is appropriate. But the fact that she doesn't like step up and do it until wise old Doc of all people gives her the rousing speech about it, like pisses me off. Again, they're sucking his non-heroic dick in this ex- in this entire season, and I fucking hate it. And then Winona goes to Ginny to kill her, right? Yeah. Is that her name, Ginny? Mm, I think so. I, it sounded weird because Harry Potter, but like I literally watched this episode two days ago and I already forgot it. I watched it this morning and I'm I'm not like a hundred percent confident. Um, I think it's Ginny the genie. Yeah, I didn't really write any notes about that last scene. I liked it honestly. I don't know if you had any thoughts. I mean, I didn't I didn't write anything down, but I remember discussing this like in the minisode about how like what she did was the right decision. Absolutely. Like I get that they were kind of vibing and they could have been friends probably, but Ginny was a dangerous demon. Oh, absolutely. And that very is very dangerous. So you like she's doing her job. Right. And I think that that moment does show the growth of Winona because in, you know, earlier episodes, a demon like that where she's friends with and she could have initially kind of seen them as not a threat to her personally because they were vibing or whatever, she would have hesitated killing. But Yeah, I think so too. This and now she's kinda like this is my job I have to and the longer I wait to do it the worse it's gonna get exactly and she knows that that's her lot in life and she's accepted it and I hate the way it's treated oh they they act like she's a terrible person a terrible person that she's just killing for fun and all that and nobody none of them ever fucking apologize to her they don't even thank her like Earlier in the episode when she's just like, purgatory is quiet, you're welcome. Like, she's right. Yeah, people suck. Anything else about that episode? Moving on, we have 410. It's called Life Turned Her That Way. It is the second coming of Jolene, who, love you, Zoe. Mm -hmm. This is, and I will fight anybody to the death over this the best opening sequence for this show yes ever. <laughs> oh my gosh that i have that that's my first line this yes! is my favorite intro to this show ever yes it's so funny and they're it's so quick boom 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 but there's so much comedy in it and mel does such a fantastic job with it when she like tries to drink out of peacemaker mm. <laughs> mel is a comedic genius she is I could watch her. I would. I need to see her in more, more comedy, more mm-hmm. something. I would love to see her. I would love to see her in a show kind of like The Office or Parks and Rec. Oh my God, yes. I would love her in a show like that. All right, so she's drinking, killing, passing out, drinking, killing, passing out. Her clothes 
slowly get like her shirt slowly gets shorter and shorter her pants get tighter and tighter i love it best opening ever so she wakes up love it respectfully respectfully of course only the top respect for my girl on top yes so she wakes up peacemaker's gone she goes (laughs) into the house um and she's like immediately she immediately knows something's up because waverly and nicole are sitting fully dressed at the kitchen table (laughs) It's literally like your parents when you're a kid and you got like, I don't know, maybe like a bad grade or you got in trouble somehow or they found something that you're not supposed to have and you come out to like the dining room or the kitchen and they're just like sitting there. Or you get home. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck, (laughs) what I do? So she walks in all like trying to be as casual as possible. And she's like, no coffee, no donuts. What kind of cop are you? Because she has to blame Nicole because it's always blame Nicole. (laughs) It's always Nicole's fault. Yeah. Nicole's the grocery shopper. Right. But also it's a tense moment and she knows it's tense. So she goes to her default comedy and she goes to her default picking on somebody. And those two things combined equal Nicole. Yeah, for sure. I do have to say the braid with the blue button up combo is a great combo in my eyes. Okay. You know I like the French braid. I know you love the French braid. It's so reminiscent of season one where, you know, we all initially fell in love with Nicole. I do miss her kind of southern swag that she had. And this is honestly, it's such a little nod to the fans and the and the kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Oh my god, not reminiscent. Nostalgia, kind of the nostalgia that they're kind of going for in this second half of the season. All the throwbacks and the fan service that they do. But this is that, but it's so not distracting from the plot. And it's not going out of the way or anything to be blatantly like, we're giving the fans everything they want. It's just a little piece of like fan service that it's a nice nod, but it doesn't cheapen the story. Mm -hmm. And I, for one, appreciate it. I'm impartial to the blue tie blue shirt yeah i like that look the most it's my favorite short wavy hair Mm, yeah it's a good look too uh that whole ensemble is tracy obviously the best one it is superior but i'm a fan of the braid with the blue top and not khakis i mean you're entitled to your wrong opinion i didn't say it was the best i just said i like it (laughs) i can like more than one thing no you can't you can only choose one then i choose you ew (laughs) okay gross yep all right this Um, podcast is over bye (laughs) good riddance leaves the discord never hears from you again so they're kind of interventioning winona and even as winona is saying they need to find peacemaker like and she's legit in that i think like without peacemaker we know that purgatory is in trouble yeah, so that, that is legit, right? Yeah. But like Nicole is such a bad liar that even as Winona is saying that, she looks guilty. Like she's can't even con- connect eye contact with her. I really think that Nicole didn't want to go about it this way. She seems Absolutely. so uncomfortable that whole time, and it's another one of those moments where Waverly's being pushy and just like bossy and. It's not really out of character for Waverly because she is kind of like that where she's trying to like force Winona to see her side and do that. I think it's a very good showing of a sister relationship and kind of how family can be a little too much and not what we need sometimes. But it is that moment where Nicole is like uncomfortable. She doesn't say she barely says anything Yeah, the whole time. And it's one of those moments where I think that they probably disagreed on how to go about talking to Winona about this because it's not Nicole isn't that type to do that to Winona. And Nicole understands Winona and she absolutely mm-hmm. knows an ambush like this is not the way to address anything with Winona. Or- she knows that it's going to make Winona storm out and when she does she try like Nicole really does try to stop Waverly, I think, from going mm-hmm. out because she knows it's just going to escalate the situation and then she's going to be the person stuck in the middle while the two of them are emotional and fighting (laughs) right she even says like because she's so level-headed and she does know both of these women so well you know she even says when she's done being defensive she'll know that you're right and she just knows what to say to both people Mm-hmm. And she knows right now Waverly needed to be comforted, comforted and 
here that Winona would come around. If the tables were turned and it had been Nicole that like went after Winona instead of Waverly, I am sure she would have 100% been like, we went around about this the wrong way. I get it. But she is worried about you and she loves you. Like she would have been totally calm, but it didn't play out like that. So yeah. The next um, little scene is Winona and Nicole are at the edge of the fog. They're discussing what's happening. You know, Waverly's in the fog. BBD is rounding up demons. Nicole, you know, who we all know, she's, of course, worried about Waverly. She kind of puts that aside and comforts Winona, comforts her because she's her best friend and loves her by saying, you know, we'll get him back because she knows that's what, of course, Winona is concerned about her sister. And she even says Waverly is my number one concern. She kind of uses that to deflect the fact that she is worried about Doc. But, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed by Nicole that her best friend is worried about Doc. Yeah, even if um, she doesn't want to say it or admit it. Yeah. But then at the same at the same time, Winona knows what Nicole's doing, and so she plays on her concerns for Waverly and says, "No, no, no, our number one concern is Waverly." So that mm-hmm. they kind of get back on task because you know Winona doesn't want to talk about emotions. She's already had an emotional day with her sister basically calling her an abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. God. <sighs> That was heartbreaking. Yeah. So they go and get Casey. They convince him to guide them into the fog. And once they're done strapping in Casey, Nicole goes, our turn and hands, you know, the the harness to Winona. And Winona goes, I knew you and I get here eventually. Uh, um, what? <laughs> Winona is, in fact, a little bit gay for her best friend. Who isn't? Honestly, if you're not a little bit gay for your best friend, they're not your best friend. No. Like, I think that's common knowledge. And I'm glad you feel the same way, too, because I was almost going to write, if you're not gay for your best friend, you're not best friends. But I just, you know, left it at that and you filled in the gaps. You confirmed. (laughs) Yeah, confirmed. It's canon. Yeah. It's canon for us, Life canon. It's life canon. If you're not a little bit gay for your best friend, they're not your best friend. Mm -hmm. They can be a good friend, but they're not your best friend. No. Even better, if people think you're dating, then you're like <laughs> solid best friends. And I think that if you and I hung out like in person more, obviously, if we lived in the same place and we had like a s- group of people who knew who we were, but maybe didn't know like our backstories, they would probably no. think we were dating. Oh, for sure. So I'm just saying it's OK to be a little gay for your best friend. It's perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal. You can touch each other's butts. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) They argue about who gets to go into the fog because both of them can't go, Casey said. Both of them love Waverly, so that's kind of an equalizer. Both want to save her, but they want to save her for the other person. Both don't want the other person to be in danger. So they're going back and forth, and it just kind of shows how much they care. Neither one of them is ready to relent that responsibility and that burden because they do not want the other person to be in danger. So Nicole finally puts her foot down, maybe one of the very few times ever with Winona, and says, it's my fucking turn, Winona. Her voice breaks on the word turn. Winona's face. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how many times I watched this this scene. I had <laughs> or, to. I had to break watched, it down. Watch the gif. For science. No, it, the scene is so much better. The gifs oh, do I kind know. of slow-mo into perspective, but mm. kind of... Oh, God. Anyway, Winona's face. It's really quick, obviously, but um, there's disbelief because Nicole basically never puts her foot down. There's hurt on her, friend, on her face for her friend as she says that she was alone. She's concerned because she knows Nicole is right. It is her turn. But she doesn't want to lose her too. Doesn't want to lose her too. She gives in before Rachel even coaxes her and said, yeah, she's right. It is her turn. She's already given in. Because letting Nicole feel important, even feeling like she's getting redemption, is more important than keeping her safe. Um, I think also just not letting her feel like she's been left behind again. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, Nicole knows, or Winona knows something's been going on has been going on is affecting nicole Mm -hmm. they've just never had the point to like talk about it but you know earlier on when she talks about it with rachel it's like how bad is it she was alone for a really long time she's already been known but i think this is the first time nicole said it to her so blatantly to anyone really Mm -hmm. so blatantly and though she doesn't say being alone like that really fucked me up you can't leave me behind again. All she says is I was alone for 18 months. Like 
Winona gets it immediately. It's all it's all implied, and I think just she is vulnerable in that moment, just the little bit that she says. Yeah. Because and she's, she's finally saying even just a little bit of it that Winona can read in between the lines. Oh, absolutely. She doesn't need to fully say it because mm-hmm. Winona gets it immediately because they understand each other so well. Their nonverbal communication is the best it out really of anybody is. on the show. It is. Out of a lot of actually shows on TV and relationships and friendships that I've seen, like, I can't really think of a lot of other friendships that has this kind of... We don't get friendship. We don't get friendships like this on TV. You're right. It's always, like, sibling relationships or romantic relationships. You don't really... You don't get a lot of, like, best friend relationships on television at all. Right. Definitely not to this emotional depth. So, yeah. So, Winona gives in and she switches from from like sarcastic bickering to serious best friend mode i basically oh in that in that moment like as she relents she just you know she switches from sarcastic to serious and then there's a break and that's when jolene totally reads waverly so hard (laughs) i just had to put that in there because she this is one of my favorite episodes to be honest she spends 10 minutes tearing her apart. And it's she, fucking she spends hilarious. 10 minutes saying everything I want to say to Waverly. <laughs> right. Like, Waverly, are you too um, angelic to lift a fucking finger and help? Like, look at all those deaths from your sister. Like, that's your fault, too. Like, she just fucking goes off on her. And it's great. I love I- it. I love when characters get wrecked like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Waverly. Okay, but here's the thing. Waverly's that person that everyone is so nice to, and they treat her with, like, little kitty gloves or something. And, like, sometimes she needs to be told. Right. And she's getting, like... They treat her like a fucking baby, and she's not one. Right. And she gets, like, praise and recognition for, quote-unquote, helping when she doesn't literally do anything. She never does anything. She doesn't do shit. And she has these powers that she doesn't fucking use. <laughs> she has wings and she doesn't fucking fly. She can melt people's faces and she just doesn't do it. God. Fuck. <laughs> but I love that Jolene just tears her apart. I remember watching that the first time being like, yeah. damn, like that, like nothing about what she says is a lie at all. No, go Jolene. If you're going to tear apart a character, like do it like this. So it's legit and not just like have someone ignore their best friend crying so they can go have sex. <laughs> okay. Amazing. So after that scene, I just wrote, I cannot with the mask scene. <laughs> Honestly, it's akin to 4-2, where they didn't have to go that hard. And there's real, no, there's no real explanation for it, other than, in another world, these two would be in love. The way they look at each other. You can't tell me if someone didn't watch the show and they just, like, saw that. Right. That they wouldn't think that that's the romantic pairing of the show. Okay, yeah. If you were, like, if you explain the situation, two girls are going after one girl. The one girl is a sister to the other to one of them like that's the only situation you gave them and they watched that scene you would definitely think these two people were in love and one was sending their lover to go rescue their sister and the other person was willing to go because that was their best friend you know because she says go get our girl Mm -hmm. like i i can't okay just the way that winona like fixes the straps on the mask and has to like double check it because she's so worried about nicole yeah and like their faces okay yeah nicole's face all business, right? She's just like mm-hmm. amped up, uh, amped up, and Winona's face is just like curled and concerned. Her eyes are just kind of unsure where to look until Nicole puts on the mask, and th- her eyes soften. They soften so much, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And she reaches up to help, even though Nicole doesn't need it. And Nicole is surprised. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, Uh, it's definitely not something Nicole was expecting. Right, but she doesn't fight it. No, I think she realizes in that moment, like, first of all, don't say anything about Winona being soft and caring. But I actually think Nicole's kind of like, oh, like, this is nice. (laughs) Like, she cares about me. Yeah, they, they, instead of, like you said, fighting it or saying anything, ruining the moment, she instead just locks eyes with Winona because Mm -hmm. she knows her friend is telling her something silently communicating she is telling her how much she cares 
And unlike concerned she is. Unlike Doc, she's not going to manipulate Winona into actually verbalizing it because she can, um, you know, actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. And she doesn't need to hear I love you to know mm-hmm. Winona loves her. Mm-hmm. She's not insecure about it because she knows how Winona feels about her. Yeah. And it's stable and it's strong. And I think that that's another kind of really gross, ugly thing that they do with Winona and Doc. Oh, I will talk about that later on. Okay, good. So they lock eyes. They stare into each other's eyes for no joke, seven seconds from start to finish. I love that you have a timestamp on that. Of course I do. So they're locking eyes. They're staring. They're unblinking. And Winona says, go get our girl. Winona saying that is basically telling Nicole that she believes in her as much as she would believe in herself, Mm -hmm. as well as also saying, come back to me. Yeah. She needs Nicole back just as much as she needs Waverly back. Okay. This is what I wrote. Listen to my TED talk about seven seconds. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I wrote seven seconds. That's how long the eye contact is unblinking. I don't know anyone that I can look into their eyes for seven seconds without feeling intimate. It's intimate. It's two partners who love each other facing a familiar yet less dire scenario. One is staying behind the other going on blindly. They don't promise each other or say that they are scared. They've been here before, said those things already. Now, without words, using only their eyes, they remind each other of those things they've already said the last time they parted ways like this. They both understand just what one another means to the other and that they can't wait to see each other on the other side. Now go, do the damn thing, and get your best friend ass back here, all with a look. That's it. That's my TED talk. It wasn't that long. No. And then I I also. I was expecting more. I also said way hot could never. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they would get the looks confused. Yeah. Like there would be a miscommunication there because just when they first started like dating and stuff, they constantly were miscommunicating. But actually, I didn't put it together until I rewatched it that this was a parallel to 4-2. Yeah, completely. And them saying goodbye and them. I think that's honestly what makes it even it's so emotional is because they're almost they're both being taken back to that moment and kind of how shitty it was for both of them. And even though like Nicole definitely got the worst end of it obviously, because then everybody was gone for a long time. But Winona definitely leaving her best friend behind because she's hurt, Mm -hmm. especially in such a situation as that, where it's like the chances of Nicole dying were greater than her surviving. Mm -hmm. It was just, they both were brought back to that moment. Oh, absolutely. They, and like I said, they've been here before. They didn't need to say the things they've already said. They remember, they know. They know. And I just feel like, there, there was a lot. There was a lot in that moment. And like it basically took them back to one of the worst moments of both of their lives. But this time it was less filled with dread. Like it was almost there was almost a sense of like we survived something like this before. Yeah, we can do it again. And it was less of a goodbye and more of a like just go do the damn thing and let's get like all right we're here again. Let's do it. We've yeah, done like, it before. We know how to handle it. Yeah, we got this. It's a lot. But I it's love a, it. A lot in seven seconds. So Nicole goes in and, you know, she's getting updates. Jolene's here and Winona immediately obviously is panicking because that's the last person you expect to, to see again. So as shit hits the fan, Winona is concerned about Waverly. But when there's no answer, she asks if Nicole is OK. And she kind of starts to panic um, because obviously she her sister's in danger, but she's not hearing from her best friend, which is her only lifeline to her sister, which is her best friend who she just sent off to maybe die. And she's probably regretting letting her go. <laughs> they pull Casey back and Winona panics even more, calling for Nicole into her radio her voice is cracking the second time she calls nicole's name when nicole's voice is heard like the relief that just floods her face obviously like she loves her best friend obviously Mm -hmm. and she's glad she's alive and nicole knows why nona's gonna risk herself to save waverly and she reminds her that waverly wouldn't want her to do like even before before Winona even says the words, Nicole's like, don't do it. <laughs> she already knows. <laughs> She's like, don't. Which, I mean, again, who knows each other better than these two? God, I love them so much. <laughs> and Winona's just like, you know, get your ass back here, basically, and we'll figure it out. And then dumbass Winona goes into the fog anyway, <laughs> finds Waverly, gets kicked out of the cabin. I think, I don't know, I didn't watch the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I think she gets thrown out. 
yeah and but she's able to like hold her breath to the end of it and then that's when waverly kind of has her first costume change yeah the fog goes away and that's like we see her like standing there i think that's the end of the episode yeah and winona's like you're beautiful we're done we're done talking about why not in these three episodes yeah i don't know i don't really know what else to say it is what it is i'm still processing the mask scene i think everyone is like honestly you know who's really gonna spiral yes i I hope we've ruined their day (laughs) everybody get on the rainbow road it's time to go (laughs) time to spiral which one are you (laughs) are you the nicole stressed i'm the nicole drinking okay i'll be nicole stressed and then pearl you can be the waverly scream (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the probably the most accurate honestly (laughs) but yeah so that's 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 uh the end of this episode for now we have two more episodes we're gonna cover in our next episode which will be our last episode of the podcast we're finally saying goodbye we wanted to do something a little different for that episode so hang in there we're gonna leave you guys with a little teaser and just say that we're doing a different episode for the last two episodes that we're gonna discuss so you have to come back and listen to that because we're not gonna um tell you what it is we, we need to, one last time, leave you wanting more. Because I am nothing if not a tease. But yeah, so we're going to call it for now. Come back next week for our super special finale podcast episode. So, so, so. Of top shelf shenanigans. Same shelf time, same shelf channel. I don't know why I said that. So remember, if your best friend needs help strapping it on, lend a hand. Because why not? Why not? I mean, I'd help you with a strap on. I mean, strapping it on. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I, I yeah, I appreciate it. I would want no one's help but yours. Thanks. Yeah. Now, would you strap it on and then climb a wall? <laughs> because in this scenario that I just cooked up in my head by saying the word strap on, Nicole is helping Winona strap on a strap on and a climbing harness. Because Nicole, because Winona refused to go rock climbing with Nicole unless she was able to wear a strap on. I feel like I would get in the way. Maybe it's an extra handhold. Maybe. It's like a pierced one, so she can put a carabiner on the end and use it to, like, anchor herself to the wall in case she falls. Okay. I just just swing in from it. <laughs> she like, the falls, but she's, she's swinging from she's it. She's just dick swinging. <laughs> I need it. I With need a ple- it. You know she's got a pleased ass smirk on her face. Mm-hmm. And, of course, her strap-on is way too long and girthy and veiny and it's like purple yeah yeah like yep dick swinging good time hell yeah (laughs) okay anyway (laughs) bye fuck off dick swinging good time somebody write that fit please